This is Forge Daily with Mackenzie Barwell on the Forge Audio Network. Forge fans, welcome back to another episode of Forge Daily. I am your host, Mackenzie Barwell, here to give you all things Forge FC. In today's episode, I am joined by one of my favorite people in the soccer world, Jade Kovacevic. Jade is the all-time leading scorer in both League One Ontario and the Ontario Colleges Athletic Association. She's a former national team member and has played professionally for Roma FC. She's also my former coach. (laughs) Jade now runs her own one-on-one program called J9 Train. She's an attacking specialist and goal-scoring coach, so it's safe to say her soccer knowledge is proficient on many levels. So I thought it'd be interesting to get her take on both the Women's World Cup and some CPL news, bearing in mind this episode has been recorded a few days prior to its release. So without further ado, let's get right into the interview. Okay, Jade, welcome to Forge Daily. I'm so happy to have you. Thanks, Mac. I'm happy to be here. Um, This is kind of full circle for us, eh? Totally full circle. And when did you coach me? Like when I was 12, maybe 13, 14? Yeah, I think I met you when you were 12, turning 13. Maybe even a little bit younger. I think maybe even 11 or 10 because you're still playing 9v9 at the time. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're so right. That's crazy. And now we're sitting here in an interview. I know. And look at you shine. I am looking at me shine. Look at you shine, Jade. Uh, I do have to give a lot of my soccer knowledge, the credit to you. So thank you. I appreciate shout that. Out to you and, uh, Mike, because that played a huge role coming into this job. Thank goodness I had that part of my life because now I know what's going on. You know what I mean? Sure, you have all the right questions to ask. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll get into it starting with the CPL. I know you're familiar with the league. Do you ever remember watching matches in that opening season in 2019? I think I did attend one of them. Um, <laughs> it was a home game actually at Hamilton. And I want to say it was against York Nine. Oh, Uh, and I believe actually League One was doing like a halftime presentation. So um, big reason why I was there. Um, But definitely I've been present and the atmosphere is really fun. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a really cool league to see. I kind of love that we have the CPL now because it is more accessible in comparison to the MLS, for example. 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. You definitely maybe have more of a personal understanding of the players. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Forge has been pretty dominant these past couple of years, taking uh, three out of the four championships thus far, hopefully en route to their fourth this year. From your perspective, not only as a player, but now as a coach, what do you see being some of the things that set Forge apart from the other teams in this league? I think it's the consistency near the tail end of the season and understanding the importance of maintaining your players and like your core group. Um, more so not just from like a physical perspective, but also mentally as well. And I took a quick peek at the standings currently, and it's a tight run right now for the top three teams. You know, there's one point differential there. And at, in itself, you know, you really got to keep your team focused, keep your team like focusing on the big goal, um, but also not getting distracted from the next objective. Yeah, no, you got to stay locked in for sure. Like you said, it's so tight this entire season. The standings have been really close. Like no one team has been able to really pull away. Forge and Pacific currently tied for second. Um, Cavalry taking a one point lead in first. 
Can you can you point out some other teams that you see being a threat and maybe kind of popping off toward the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I've always seen um, York to be kind of an underrated threat um, and somebody who can maybe score more so on a counterattack and catching somebody off guard or catching their opponent off guard. And from the matches I've attended in person too, they definitely have some studs up top. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of come out from underneath. And I, I don't think they're trailing by much. I think it's like, three maybe four points right yeah, now they've so. done really well they have forge also kind of shifting the momentum in their favor most recently they were not satisfied at all with the beginning of their season but now like i said more recently coming into form can you talk a little bit about some of the players that you see continuing to shift the momentum for them I mean, if you look at the captain, of course, mm-hmm. Kyle Becker, he's definitely somebody who's coming with maturity and experience from his previous clubs, you know, having a couple casts with TFC and CF Montreal and definitely somebody who's been a dominant presence in terms of creating opportunities for scoring. And um, if you look at your top goal scorer, Taryn Campbell. Yes, um, yes. You're yeah. like the male version of you, Jade. I was going to bring him up regardless. <laughs> oh come on really I actually well it's funny you say that because I actually love the way that he plays yeah and, uh, number nine Taryn Campbell number nine Jade Kovacevic come on <laughs> no it, it's um I, I mean Kyle Becker is a main ingredient um to forge a success and that's kind of like a no-brainer right that's why he's in a leadership role and um I also think somebody to kind of keep in mind is Tristan Borges as well and maybe not so much on the score sheet but definitely another creator of opportunities and I find being a goal scorer yeah the people who make my job easy often get overlooked you know you have to give credit for those people that are seeing the opportunity before it happens and and to put your teammate in the best position possible to score um so yeah those would be two people that I would be keeping my eye on for sure you're right because he's been involved in so many of these opportunities and I think a lot of the times just because you don't see the stats on paper it goes unnoticed 100 percent, yeah and and it's more so that uh those are key players that we can't overlook and we have to definitely take care of them as we kind of zone into the end of the season how excited are you to see a, a woman's version of the CPL one day? <laughs> like you're like, tick, time's ticking. You know, it's funny as I've been waiting for this for so long. I yeah. thought, you know, maybe two, three years ago, I was under the impression that it was going to be here by now. And mm-hmm. it's exciting. Don't get me wrong as somebody who's a lover of the game. And it's a little bittersweet because I would love to be a part of it. And it may be past my time, unfortunately, yeah. by the time that it does come around. Um as a player and that's okay but I think for the players that are up and coming and the amount of talent that this nation creates to not have a pro league currently is a travesty for lack of a better word I mean we're the I think we're one of like the top five or top seven nations in the world that don't have a domestic pro league so you know as a former national team member and somebody who's had to leave the country to go and play pro it's unfortunate because we lose so much talent for that reason. And if you're looking at the success of the CPL right now and how much we're keeping here and also the growth of the game for fans and Canadians in general, and you you know, like boys now they go to a CPL game and they can see themselves there in in 10, 15 years and Mm -hmm. girls, you have to literally pack your life up and leave the country. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. If you look at the nature of the league, it is kind of a gateway into other avenues because, you know, we can sign players from youth sports. Players from youth academies can eventually make their way into the CPL. So you're right. Like having that trailblazing league would make the world of a difference. Absolutely. Yep. And it's just going to create a lot more excitement around the game too, which I think we need. Okay. We're both itching to talk about the Women's World Cup. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so at the time that we're filming this, currently Canada is undefeated, you know, tying Nigeria that first match and then uh, knocking out Republic of Ireland in the second one. So luckily they're going into their um, last matchup with four points. Yes. Playing against the home crowd. It's going to be a tough one against Australia. What do you see being some of the main challenges or what are the threats that Australia will bring to this one? I mean, let's talk about Sam Kerr, mm-hmm. right? Let's talk about it. That's that's like her and herself is a subject. So, <laughs> like, definitely like a name of the tournament that you need to be aware of. She's mm-hmm. so dangerous and can create something out of nothing and kind of is one of those players that will put full throttle down if she needs to and when she needs to. So definitely can't be complacent at the back. Um, but one thing I found that we've struggled with so far is creating consistent opportunities, but like clean cut opportunities in front of goal. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much like we're getting the ball there, but it's also the positioning in front of goal that, you know, we need more numbers there. And if we look at our last game against Ireland, where Dri, uh, Adrian Leon, um, scored, she's 1v1 inside the 18, not yeah. another near her. And it wasn't like it was the cleanest goal. Like she had to really battle oh, it out. Yeah. Yeah. Got it off her big toe. And uh, at the end of the day, like that's not enough. Uh, that, Ireland, this is their first World Cup team. And so a lot of inexperience there, regardless if you're a youth player coming through U20s or whatever, and you've played in a, a previous World Cup, it's a different category when you're in the women's game. And so Australia isn't, you know, unknown to this type of tournament and this type of pressure. So totally different beast, both mm-hmm. mentally, physically, tactically is going to be a different game as well. And yeah, Canada's need going to need to become relentless in front of goal and really want it. You're right. They're not really comparable. Let's put the focus on our national team here for a sec. I know you're reflecting on some of the what you've seen from them in their first two matchups, but what are some some positives that that you can point out? And who are you most excited about watching when you turn on your TV and you get to watch them? That's a tough one. I know. Uh, you know what? I would say I'm most to answer the first part of your question. Sorry, second part. Let's start with the second part. Uh, <laughs> I think that who I'm most excited to watch is uh, honestly some of the girls that I went through the program with that are still around. And that's what I'm saying. It's so crazy to see. It's, it's so, crazy. so cool. It's so yeah. cool. Like Ashley Lawrence, her and I, you know, we we kind of actually grew up together, and um, to see her like doing so well, not just on Team Canada, but also in her club level as well. And mm-hmm. Kitty should be canon. And I'm really, really excited to see Dri, uh, Adrienne Leon. The fact that she scored. Her and I actually shared a room together back oh. in uh, 2012 in Japan. So yeah. she was my roommate uh, for that World Cup. And so to see these girls competing and still doing their thing and tearing it up. And it's really cool. Really, really cool. That I think, I think it's so interesting that, you know, like you said, some of those players that I looked up to when I was younger would have been the girls that you mentioned, like the Adriana Leons, the Christine Sinclairs, the Kadisha Buchanans are now playing alongside some of those younger girls like Julia Grosso and Jesse Fleming, 
who was a big name for you and I, you know, we obviously grew up in London. Seeing that dynamic now is just so cool. Having that personal connection too just gives kind of gives you the extra motivation to want to see them winning. And it totally does. And yeah, I I totally forgot about Jesse. Actually, Jesse and I, we kind of mixed paths. So as soon as she came into the program, I was on my way out. Got the opportunity to to really play with her. But I mean, I've watched her on the field and she's a little magician out there. So yeah, no kidding, right? Absolute pleasure to watch. I just remember being at practice and some of the girls on our team being like, Jesse just got called up to the national team. Gonna, <laughs> gonna be crazy. Like and that was seems so Yeah, because you know her, right? You yeah. played with her and like that that's pretty cool to see that that's an opportunity that could be in anybody's path or capacity to achieve it, right? Obviously yeah, she's sure. God given talent, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. Okay, my next question is more generalized, both to the the national team, but also to like Forge, for example, and teams in the CPL who have a dynamic like that when there's, you know, these veterans, we got Kyle Becker, Ashton Morgan, but also, you know, playing alongside some of the younger names like Kadeen Kane and Malik Alalabi Balawu. And what do you think having that dynamic can do for a team? I think it creates different types of character. And You know, you obviously put your senior players in leadership roles because you want to create a type of energy amongst your players that is adhesive both on the field and off the field. And I truly believe that that chemistry translates to how you play together. Not only that, but like to have, you know, some of the younger players, like you mentioned, being mentored or see how a senior player mentors you learn and you pick up. And it's it's a great example to go back to the Women's World Cup where you have Jesse Fleming, who's trying to take on more of a leadership role. I mean, we hear so much in the tabloids about her potentially being like the next leader of the women. Right, and right. As, and is playing alongside Christine St. Clair, who's been around the block. Lord knows, you know, she's she's done it. So. Well, was, yeah, that's what I asked too, because when I was listening to your interview, um, you mentioned how Christine's kind of passing the torch and it's about it's time it's totally I think a lot of people agree that it is and it's not that it's it's a very subjective opinion on based on who you talk to right but I also think there's so much that the players can get out of players like Christine St. Clair whether it's on the field or off the field exactly so much knowledge is locked in that brain and I think if you're a player on Forge right now, you should be spending time with those senior players to help become the best version of yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. It's not to say that Christine is not valued whatsoever. She's almost coming into a new role. Absolutely. Yeah. And has so much that she can share with the girls and to just help the program overall. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll go back to my first question because I got too carried away with this conversation. Um can you just identify a couple positives that you want to see the women's national team carry into their match on the 31st? I think Canada always shows up with a relentless attitude, kind of like a must do or die. Do they always get the result? No, but they definitely try their heart out. You know, ca- Canadians are known for their past passion in defending and how diligent we can be and how aggressive we can be and how we put our bodies on the line and I think that's something that really needs to be taken into account is structure and your decision making on a defensive level and working together as a unit and staying disciplined in your role um, because a team like Australia can take advantage of you the second that you have a moment of mental lapse, you know, you know, on the other side of the coin, I think making sure that we capitalize on opportunities and we create as much as possible and maybe our strikers and our attacking players, they need to be a little bit more selfish. 
Absolutely. We're not looking to score the perfect goal. We're looking to score. Yeah, well, that's what Bev Priestner was kind of saying, too, that the team kind of does whatever they need to do, especially looking at that second half. I guess. Yes. I don't know. What can you say about her coaching style? What do you what are you liking about Bev? You know, I, I got a chance to work with Bev um, years ago when I was when I was part of the program and she was more on the offensive side of the coaching uh, back then. And I was actually a center back uh, at the time. What? Yes, I was the center back with the national program. Yeah, <laughs> that's the biggest slot twist of all time. Anyways, <laughs> I was a setback and a fullback, um, which I loved, loved okay. it. Don't, so I, I've only I only had a couple interactions with Bev and, and definitely somebody who provides a lot of detail, a lot of like reason behind what you're doing and proof, of course, as to like why it needs to be executed. And I think, you know, as a female, we really look for that detail and we need to know the why behind what we're doing. Um to really put our full effort into it. And I think not only that is she knowledgeable in the game, but she's also a motivator. I, I saw somewhere before the Ireland game, she took an example from when Argentina in the last World Cup, they actually lost their first game in their group stage and they went on to win the World Cup. I think she really harnesses that. And as an athlete myself, like sometimes when nerves are unsettled, when you don't have the right preparation and motivation is, is a really good ingredient. Well, the next one's at 6 a.m. on the 31st, so we're going to have to uh, set our alarms nice and early for that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll have a, a whole macchinetta of espresso ready to go. A lot of coffee involved this month, eh? <laughs> a little too much. I might have to go on like a detox after, but... When am I going to see you at a forage game? You got to come down. Hey, I'm there. The yeah, next you let me know, I'm there. Okay. Okay. And then we'll do an in-person interview, Jade. <laughs> I love it. Looking forward Thank to it. Thank you so, so much again. And you'll have to come back on when we see what else unfolds in the Women's World Cup. I look forward to following you, Mac. Thanks for having me. This has been Forge Daily with Mackenzie Barwell. If you like what you heard, please like, follow, subscribe, comment, and share. 